Welcome to 12 Rows Back, where we bring you footy talk from the fans' perspective. We're here, we're through 23 home and away rounds. Uh, that was the that was just about the most cracking day of footy on Saturday that I've seen in my time, in my 32 years on this earth. Uh, we're going to dissect it all as I welcome my co-host Tom. How are you going, Tom? Yeah, going well. Absolutely with you there. I don't think we've seen a finish like that yeah, for a long, long time. I think a few of the older heads mentioning 87, which is a year before our time. So it's up there with the absolute best finishes to a year, particularly that Saturday. Well, basically, Saturday afternoon onwards, it was just nuts. Yeah, so we had the top four play each other Friday and Saturday night. We had a little bit of an upset, which suddenly turned the Brisbane West Coast game, it, it turned the heat up on those stakes. And there was lots of little things happening in between. Veterans retiring, all-time greatest coaches riding off into the sunset with, um, with a draw there. And to the people who are saying it was a fitting way to send them off, please explain. Like, I think they're trying to say it was great to not see Clarkson, Burgoyne, and um, Bashahooli, and Asprey. Asprey, yeah. Oh, geez, he's great. Um, people are saying it was great to see them not go out with a loss. And it's like, well, that's that's the loser's attitude, isn't it? None like, of them have built a career on that attitude. So that is a puzzling take. They'd all be dirty. They went out not winning. And that's a fact. So. Like that game, there was really nothing to play for and suddenly turned into a draw. Um, Sydney, it was like Sydney had a bye and just did a televised training drill. <laughs> I think so as well. If Buddy didn't kick six and sort of make the thousand look a little bit closer in 2021, you you could have really gone with that. But yeah, it, that was probably the only point of note. Maybe Ben King kicking four out of six. Anyway, let, let's forget about that. It was all about that Saturday night game. D's coming from absolutely nowhere against the capitulation of the year from the Cats. You would have been in your eyes to go to bed 44 points up, Cats doing the business at their home deck, and for the D's to turn it around, not only turn it around, but claim top spot, and claim top spot with a kick after the siren. It does not get better than that. That's why we love sport. That's why we love footy. It had it all. That That's game of the year. Like I know we have a segment later where we sort of do our awards just... That's game of the year, hands down. That was the first time Melbourne have ever kicked a goal after the siren to win a game in VFL-AFL history. <laughs> it just keeps on giving that game. That is, I didn't know that, but that is a sharp stat. Yeah, no, we're going to dissect that. And then, of course, we had once St Kilda got well on top of Fremantle, the three Sunday games became real fizzes. Yeah. Uh, not a whole lot on the line. We ended the round off with 7th playing 18th, and that uh, certainly earned the 4.40 graveyard time slot. Yeah. Uh, and I can tell you, uh, wasn't too much happening in that one. So, overall, we've now, what have we done, 198 games, Tom. Yeah, exactly. So, as we say every week, we learn more and more every week. Now we're at the point where we've got a whole new set of matchups and teams to sink our teeth into eight teams left eight chances for a flag all the supporters of those teams would say we're going to analyze it and, and sort of see if we uh, can't see if our uh, predictions pan out from last week yeah we didn't go so great from last week did we uh we just sneak... top four nah, okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's forget yeah. that segment 
We did we did have the D's beating the Cats, so we gave you that one. Um, yeah, finals finals are here. We have no pre-finals buy. That's gone. Oh, thanks, it is magnificent. Thankfully, thankfully that's gone. Uh, it would have been would have been interesting if there was a wild card round. Giants would play. Uh, the Saints, your boys would be in with a shot, and uh, I think the Bombers would take on. They take on West Coast. Yeah, take on the Eagles, which is a intriguing matchup. Given the, well, the we'll we'll get to it when we cover our uh, uni grades and do the season totals. But uh, bitterly disappointing year for the Eagles, and yeah, I don't think it would have been too much of an interesting matchup, honestly, because the season's already been about six weeks too long for the Eagles. So yeah, that's seventh week wouldn't have helped them. Uh, absolutely. So, look, I don't. I think. Look, I'll take my Saints hat off. Played well against Freo, but I think the Giants are just just humming along nicely. And that final is a beauty. But I'll save that for the finals coming down the line. The Dogs, though, they 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 were the story on Friday night. So the game well within their grasp. Uh, sort of three goals up with ten minutes to go. And the power just stormed back off off a couple of uh, virtuoso performances from Wines and Boak and Robbie Gray as well. The the names we all know from Port Adelaide, getting the job done and yeah, setting up that intriguing West Coast Lions game that took till the final 14 seconds for uh, the Lions to kick that that famous point, almost sort of Aussie Jones style. Uh, you know when that one drifted over the behind post, this one swung in and then Cameron with a late goal there, but. That, that was an intriguing one, like we saw on the uh, 12 Rows Back Instagram. We posted the uh, ladder and the, the dog's percentage and the uh, the roller coaster of the Lions' percentage. They, you know, they were over it, they were under it. It, it changed about eight or nine times. So, I mean, yeah, it, game to game, there were that many stories. It was unbelievable as a round. Yeah, it was. So let's, let's get into it. Let's yeah. look at Friday night. We had the dogs playing Port over here at Marvel, so... You would have thought big tick for the dogs, big advantage there, and like you said, they were out to pretty handy lead, not a not a comfortable lead by any stretch um, in the modern game, but you know certainly relatively handy. Five goals to one at half time, and yeah, that's right. T- like, tell me, like they just—is it a mental thing for the dogs, or or there's a lacking of personnel down forward really hurting them? What's what's the story? Yeah, look. I know the back line's been the issue, but I'm I'm with you. It, it is that forward line. Um, just just couldn't find a goal kicker. I mean, Tim English threatened, but he's not a known forward up there. So uh, he, he can pinch hit at the best of times and, and take a grab. You know, he, he kicked two, so you'd be happy with that. But you, you don't want sort of your backup ruckman in this, for the dogs in particular, you know, leading your attack. Um, I think it hurt them. I mean, I say McRae's held, well held. He had 29, which is low by his lofty standards. But the one was the Bont. I think he was just completely blanketed and just couldn't get a sniff. Um, he, he just couldn't get anywhere near the ball, particularly in that second half. He only had 15. So, you know, they quelled his influence. Um, you know, I mean, Lockie Hunter was good, but they just seemed to have all the answers. And it was really like at the death when it was 50-50 balls to be won. Yeah, like I said, off the top, Boak, Wines, Gray, the old names from the power getting the job done. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, Robbie Gray kicked a goal. I was going to say late. There was still plenty of time left on the clock when he when he drilled it to put them in front. But that was that was all she wrote. The dogs they couldn't fire a shot. What um, what what's going on with the Bont? 
and the ruck situation, Tom. We've had Tim English, who looked like a bit of an up-and-coming, I was going to say star, but certainly an up-and-coming player in the ruck division of this comp, and he's had one hit out on the weekend. Bont's had four. Um, <laughs> Crazy there's no sense. third man up, so that means he's had to nominate himself. Uh, look, I was I did coach you know, a mighty football team down at the Hampton Rovers for a couple of years. I'd never put my star player in as a ruckman, yeah, well, what's the saying? You don't uh, you don't drive your Ferrari through the mud. I might have just made that one up off the off the top, but you don't you know you don't bring out your you, you don't put your absolute cream of the crop star, you know potential Brownlow fancy in the ruck. I mean, if he can't get into a game, he's a he could take a contested grab up forward, or he could be a lead up forty. That's that's probably his plan B move. I think the ruck was just the wrong way to go, and yeah, it, it took him out of the game. I think you know just that ability to just get into the contest and you know and you, you just it's kind of like when the sub comes on you just that feel for the game he just couldn't get it in the ruck and he just lacked continuity and he just couldn't find the footy so um they can't get Steph and Martin back quick enough um yeah and it, it, look it was shocking to see I, I, I thought look you're, you're wasting your your premium talent putting him in the ruck so um Look, I don't know if we'll see that in September to be honest I think it might have been a, a trial in the last game which again sounds dumb given your season or top four chances were on the line, you know, rolling the dice. But I guess that that's that's Bevo style. But he, he's even copping some heat now, isn't he? Yeah, Kano, the volcano has put some heat on him. He's he's only won four finals in his illustrious short career, and they were all in the one year where they won the flag. Um, yeah, wow. there are plenty of coaches have only won four finals. I'd take four in a row to win a flag if I was going to have four. Yeah, but, true. Um, They've certainly been a disappointment from winning the flag with such a young side to here we are now, haven't won a final since. Um, they've missed the eight on one or two years since then. Uh, there's a bit of pressure bit of pressure on them. They're playing the Bombers, who are in... They're the opposite. They're in red-hot form. They started off the year two and six and have just roared home. A little bit lucky to get in on 11 wins, but that's just how it's gone this year. And... Uh, You'd have to say the Bombers are in with a real shot. They've got some confidence having beaten them not three weeks ago. So yeah, well, I mean, if you look, you look at the Dons. Uh, you, you look at the record of the finalists versus the other finalists. The Dons are one and eight, and they lost eight in a row. But their last one was against the Dogs. So I guess you're, you're only as good as your last game. I mean, out of the matchups for the Dons, you would have said the Dogs is the ideal one. You wouldn't want to play, you know. Brisbane, you probably don't want to play Sydney, you don't beat the Giants, so the Dogs is probably probably the ideal matchup. And down in Tassie, there's X Factor all over it, so it feels rare, rare air to be hyping the uh, the Bombers up on this show in particular, but that's just where the Dogs are at at the moment. And to swing back, look, I'm not going to send them to the coordinator because Port Adelaide are, are a very good side, you know, remains to be seen. I mean, this was the scalp they sort of needed and it's put them top two. Um, you got to fail the dogs, I think, for this one. And Port, it's a HD, famous win. It's It'll go down in uh, team folklore. It was, uh, yeah, a great, unbelievable performance. Yeah, I'd, I'll, I'll buy in on the dogs grade of a fail. That Port just get a distinction because I don't think the dogs are travelling well. And it's not you can't be graded that highly for just getting over the line against them. Um, certainly a distinction winning on the road, but not a ultra impressive high distinction. Uh, plenty of all Australians <laughs> running around in that game, Tom, which we are going to 
uh, touch on with a little All Australian. Uh, looking forward to that. All the twelve rows back All Australian team coming later this week. Let's move on to the Super Saturday. This lived up to the Super Saturday name. Uh, Richmond took on Hawthorne, and it looked almost done by all accounts. Uh, Hawthorne were well out in front, cruising pretty, sitting up about twenty nine points, and then Richmond came home with a wet sail, almost like. There's a few weeks ago on 360 where I think they just lost to... They'd lose to West Coast over there. They lost, they lost a game they probably shouldn't have and everyone said, oh, Richmond are done. And Jack Rewalt gave the warning, oh, no, we're coming. Oh, it was after we're the Suns game. Sides. It was after the Suns game. Yeah, that's right. Well, they sort of left their run too late. They came home with six goals in the last quarter <laughs> year, but uh, the year was done. Uh, so we saw Sean Burgoyne... Alistair Clarkson obviously go out. Uh, Asprey and Basha Hooley from Richmond. Uh, all Can well. Can we just say just well quickly on within the club within the cl- respective clubs? I was just going to say with Hooley just quickly. We didn't get a chance to cover this last week, but that was a a genuine one eighty. He he said I'm a hundred percent going, and then he's had a chat with Dimmer in the front office, and now he's out. So there's there was a little toss of the coin maybe rebuild on the run sort of stuff from the Tigers there. Yeah, yeah, it certainly was. And I think if he... I think other clubs are going to ask the question, but I think he's pretty content with how he's finished off at Richmond and will ride off into the sunset. But uh, it was an interesting 180. They're not the only club doing a few 180s at the minute. There's a certain club across town that's uh, (laughs) doing plenty of them. But we're here to grade this game, Tom. I would say it's a double pass all round and we just go home and pack up our things and uh, disappointing year for the Tigers, relatively promising year for the Hawks on the back end but double pass year yeah look I'm, I'm, the double pass is tempting I'm actually going to pass Richmond and fail the Hawks so the Tigers had you know I know it was a draw so hear me out the Tigers had 10 outs in this game so basically they've swapped up half a side they've sent you know, Lambert and a, and a number of others through for surgery. They didn't care. They put a team sheet out that really wasn't in it to win. Whereas the Hawks brought back, you know, O'Meara and and Warpool, and they, you know, were playing for Burgoyne and Clarkson. So to, I know, I mean, we're, we're talking about two bottom ten teams here. So I mean, you going into the year, if you'd said the Hawks had drawn with Richmond, you'd give them that. But I've got to fail them because you don't want to send Clarko out with a draw. Burgoyne, yeah, centimetres in it to uh, touch that ball at the end. But, um, yeah, look, some have failed to grasp that teams can have a good result and still fail. But, look, uh, given that the Hawks loaded up and didn't get the job done, they were the bookies' favourite. I've got to fail them for this one. So call me harsh, but um, I'm sticking by it. That's very harsh for a team that was 17th on the ladder not long ago, beating last year's reigning premiers. Yeah, um, true, but, but that's I mean... all right. That they're our grades. If you've got an issue, send something in. Uh, Sydney played the Gold Coast Suns, a bit of witches hats, a bit of a, a training drill just to get ready for September. Um, probably couldn't ask for a better hit out for the Swans. Just nice, bruise-free footy, yeah, get through, rooster. few goals. Buddy kicks six. He's now eight away from the magical thousand. Uh, how do you how do you grade it though? Like, is it a HD for the Swans for just dismantling the Suns? Is it a is it 
you're not going to give the swans a grade because it was just a training drill? Like, how do you grade it? Yeah, it, look, it is a tricky one. I mean, 87 is nothing to be sneezed at, but if you're going to do it against a team, it's probably the Suns that'll be on the receiving end. Um, look, I'll pass the swans for this one. I think, you know, Oh, pass might be unders, to be honest, but I can't give them a distinction for beating the Sun. So, look, I'll stick with a pass. Yeah, like we said, confidence booster. Get your players informed. Get Buddy close to that 1,000. Uh, all their, you know, known names got their hands on the ball. Uh, all their known names kick goals. Underneath Buddy six, you had, you know, Heaney and Papley kicking three each. So, you know, even Jordan Dawson, he keeps on keeping on. So, they got the job done. Uh, the only saving grace, like we said before, Ben King kicked four out of the Sun six. I know he's not up for trade, but, geez, the checkbook should come. He is a genuine star. Uh, Took Miller as well, but otherwise it's very thin. And they're off to the coordinator again for me, uh, the Suns. So they've, there's a few teams, and my Saints are one of them, but there's a few teams that have set up shop in that coordinator's office, and the Suns are one of them. They can have another. Yep, Suns back to the coordinator. Uh, I'm going to give the Swans a distinction because it is 86, 86, 87 points, and that is... That's big, Tom. Like, you don't win by 87 too often. That's that's big. Nah, fair. So, I'm going to give him a distinction. Not a HD, just given the quality of opposition was pretty lacking. But uh, nonetheless, this game fascinated me at the Gabba. Brisbane taking on West Coast. West Coast season's still on the line. Like, if West Coast well, won, yeah, no, 100%. Essendon had to win to leapfrog them to get back into the eight. And... Seen West Coast are up for the fight for stages, but Brisbane, well, they're a top four side and they played some top four footy and just got the required points to get enough percentage to finish fourth, which was great for the Lions fans. Yeah, well, they would have been stressed early in that last quarter because they really needed to get a wriggle on, but that's exactly what they did. And they, they just found a way to kick to kick goal after goal and, and get the job done. So... Um, I've had a few people messaging me uh, just privately, just wanting to know. Uh, one of the first episodes we did this year featured uh, a family member of yours being pretty bullish about the Eagles, sort of saying that they couldn't not sort of finish up in that top part of the ladder. And, geez, they've faded badly. They've had uh, one of the poorer years in the comp. So where are they at, the Eagles? I mean, are they sort of, you know, Full rebuild now, rebuild on the run. Do they still have some juice in them? They've got some big names. Where, where do you see their future? Uh, I'd be full rebuilding quickly. So... <laughs> Is it? Okay, yeah. I'd be looking at someone like a Jack Darling, who's 29. He's got a few years of footy left. Out. Get get some trade. Get so, some picks. Get so some assets. Cash in your currency, you reckon? Yep. Uh, you can reload and try and go again next year, but... I reckon Freo will go past you. And if you're not the best team in your town, you're going to struggle to win the flag. Yeah, look, in a two-team town, that is fair. In most towns, that's fair. Yeah, or I guess in Melbourne, you can be the second best team in town and still be pretty close because um, there's yeah, about 28 yeah, of us. Um, but, no, look, it just... What, what West Coast have really struggled with, and they've had a lot of injuries... Right, but the players have come back. The players are not fit, and they have not been able to run out games. And you could see it here. They were in the contest right in that third quarter, and then six goals to three in the last quarter has allowed Brisbane to just get enough percentage to to fall over the line. Um, if they're going to get everyone back, have a full preseason, 
they can be pushing top four again next year with the current list. But when you're older, you're more prone to injury. And if you have any injuries, suddenly your team starts hurting and then you end up in no man's land. And there's the team they beat in the grand final, Collingwood, who's currently, they're at the bottom without their first pick. So they're pick number two they've traded and they're sitting in yes. no man's land currently, which is uh, not a great place to be. Yeah. Now, well, well summarise that one. Uh, look, Eagles fans, if you're listening, message us. We want to know what your thoughts are. Where, where do you want to take the club? Um, one for the Lions, I just want to point out. Joey Danaher, only player this year to kick a goal in every game. Uh, we'll get to our All-Australian special uh, later in the week, but look, he, he's got to be in calculations, doesn't he? And he kicked four again in this game. He's a commanding presence. Maybe the Hipwood injury... They've sort of worked it out, worked out what they're going to do going forward. Are you saying the Bombers could use a key forward like him for September footy? Didn't ask that, but I agree with that statement. <laughs> uh, he's Look, he's had a good year. Um, he's the first player to kick a goal in every game for the season since Joe Danaher, I think, in 2017. <laughs> so he's... Swamp. he's uh Look, he's had a good year. Brisbane are going to need him firing for them to really fire a shot. They played in prelim last year. Uh They've been right around the mark without being able to win these games. He's a sort of match winner who can just bomb one in from 60 when you need it and stuff like that. So uh, a lot to like. A lot to like about the Lions in the next in the next fortnight. Uh, yeah, no, as far as grades, did Brisbane get a pass for just doing what they needed to do? Or well, I'm, I'm going to give them a distinction. I, I really, I mean, top four swat up for grabs. You, you've got to be a good club to do that. It sort of was shades of Saints in 2008 when we had to beat the Dons by 100 to make top four, and we did it. Good teams get the job done, get that top four spot and load up. So the Lions did it. Love their form. Jared Berry, he, he's one to watch in September. Yeah, distinction for them. Uh, I mean, the Eagles, it's I didn't fail. expect a whole lot of them in this one. It's a fail, it's yeah. It's a fail. I'm, I'm happy, I'm happy with, with the distinction. Um, although, if they won by seven points less, you'd say it's a fail, wouldn't you? Because they didn't make top four. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing in this so comp. That, Your opportunity's there and you've got to grab it. Very harsh grading. Then, Let's, do we go down the highway or do we stay at Marvel next? Which one do you want to grade? Maybe we whip. Whip, whip through Marvel and yeah, give right. uh, that glorious game down yeah. the highway some airtime. Look, farewell Eddie to Eddie Betts. That's all we need to say. Well done, Eddie. Great career. Um, <laughs> much love. Football, he is a champion. He is a champion of the game. Uh, he will go into the Hall of Fame one day alongside fellow Carlton player Chris Judd just got put in. That is, oh, that, that is hot off the press. Off the, Unfortunately, it's not a live press. podcast, so it probably doesn't really matter. But... Um, yeah, this is Carlton playing a better side than them and losing by two and a bit goals. Like, you could have picked about eight, ten rounds this year, and that was the result, and here we are again. Yeah, basically. Fail not, Carlton, you know, not out of past it, not Giants. It. That's all it is. The Giants go into next week, uh, hoping Stephen Cornelio can fire a shot um, <laughs> if he's in the best 22, which is really up for debate at this point. Yeah, that's crazy. Look, one more thing I should note. You know, the Giants wearing their Indigenous jumpers, 480, beautiful touch, beautiful bit of just football and industry knowledge from the Giants. I, I, 
yeah, I, I think that was an unbelievable touch. They're, they're switched on. It's fascinating. That's, that's kind of like good cultural stuff, yeah. I think, that they're building there um, as opposed to the Suns, which, I mean, I'm not saying they wouldn't have done it the Suns, but, you know, just doing the right, making good decisions, no, basically. It's, it's fascinating how both clubs came into the comp relatively the same time within a year of each other. And the Giants have been so well run that they've played in the grand final, they've won finals, lost prelims, um, had... The same level of player leave, like Dylan Shiel, Jeremy Cameron. Um, they've had a stack of them leave, just like the Suns, but somehow they're oh, still, Trelaw, still around the eight, and they're doing things like that. And the Suns Jackson. are witches' hats. So um, something seriously wrong with the Gold Coast, but uh, we're, here to grade, we're here to grade the games. And we, yeah, already... no, no, we digress. Jack Steele, another real good one that walked out the door. Uh, Cats, Melbourne, this was... The game, yeah, Josh Bruce. Uh, this was a game of the round, game of the season. Just an unbelievable match. Like, as a, as a neutral fan or just anyone that likes this great game, you, you couldn't have asked for much more. No, and it was a. I could see them having a close game like this, but I wouldn't have seen one team leading by 40 odd points and the other team pegging them on the siren. That's not how I would have written the script for this <laughs> yeah, one. I know. Uh, but the Cats kicked eight goals to one in the second quarter and just went. Good stuff, lads. We've got a final next week. Let's just put the cue in the rack and let's let's get ourselves right for that. It, it, exactly, that's how it was panning out. It looked over. And six it genuinely looked six over. Six goals, two to two behinds in the last quarter meant the D's won by four points. Absolutely bizarre. Uh, I'm, I'm certain Geelong were managing players' minutes at the end and just said we don't care about this result. Um, <laughs> That, that would not surprise me down at the Cattery. They're intelligent that way. Yeah, I'm certain they said that. Look, it was a very bizarre the way it played out. I can't help but think if Tom Stewart was playing, then Max Gorn doesn't just get to walk up and mark the ball. I can't help but think he would have directed someone or gone and stood next to him or done something. He wasn't there. He probably won't be there for the first game in August and the rest of September, so... It just shows how big a loss he is without necessarily having him to play on one of the key forwards. Um, Hawkins has kicked four. Clayton Oliver's had 37 and two goals. It was a ripper game. He's he was unbelievable. That, that snap in the last. Um, the thing that stood out to me, and this just sort of says the level of game that this was, Melbourne had to like transfer from defence and pinpoint some of these kicks that we've seen, you know, the standard of kicking, call it what you will. We've seen some shocking kicking, but this was the opposite. They were pinpointing, you know, on a 10-cent piece, kicks coming out of the back line, finding people at half forward, hitting targets inside 50. They were basically everything had to go right and everything did. Like, they were super intelligent, but that just showed that to beat the Cats, you've got to execute to within a centimetre just to get through. And they... they Continually found a way, which will be something that the Cats will worry about. Um, I've got one for you, Seb. Do you think uh, Chris Scott would have torn the long sleeve jumper off Brad Close for that completely dumb smashing it outside of the boundary at the cost of 50? I mean, the game was done if he didn't do that. There's no way the D's get it into forward 50. The Cats go down the line and, and get stoppage after stoppage, and this one's done. I mean, there's an argument to say that Close, he might have just belted the flag away from the Cats. You, you're all going that extreme. Some are. Some are. I'm not, but some have said that. All right. So, firstly, we see Chris Scott get very emotional. 
at results at games, a bit fiery, that Lockie Neal moment earlier in the year. Um, we love some emotion. I'm pretty sure behind closed doors he's very calm and composed and would have just said to Closey, like, right, now you know why you shouldn't have done that, right? Now, you know it, I know it, everyone else knows it, but you did it. Don't do it again. I reckon that's all he would have said. Um, if they were looking for a reason to drop him, they've got one, so... He might have written his own ticket out of there. Uh, but I, I watched it live and I thought, oh, yeah, fair enough. That happens 50 times through a round and they never pay 50. And the umpire, despite it being the correct call, had no game awareness and thought, yeah, I'll pay the 50 here. I fully agree with that. It, it, look, if there weren't 17 D's players going, hey, what's that? You know, then, it, you know... It, if the game didn't have that much riding on it, I don't think the care factor's there. This if there was a crowd had... there, he wouldn't have paid it. Do you reckon? Yeah, that's an inch. Yeah, actually. Well, I mean, down at the Cattery, there would have been genuine silence at that. They would have just clapped it off as they do down there. So, um, yeah, yeah that, that was it. That's an interesting I, one. I'm, the I'm happy with that free kick being paid every time. Just pay it every time if they want to spoil when it's over the line. And also pay when someone marks it and the player keeps running and tackles them and holds them. Just start paying those as 50 because the players are smart enough to know what they're doing. Everyone else knows it, but we've decided that's okay. But if once they stand up, they have to stand up perfectly still. If they move, it's 50. Yeah, I know. It, yeah, I mean, we let's not divulge in the uh, the umps, but I'm, I'm with you on that. It could do with a, a clean-up. I mean, is there any... Do you give any weight to what sort of this gives the D's confidence versus what it gives for the cats. I mean, I think the cats are good at, at brushing this kind of thing and they'll sort of go back to the drawing board and be like, look, we'll be better next time. But, I mean, if they're going to meet deep in September as we think they do, do you think the Ds have a little mental edge just because of this game? No. If it went the other way, the cats would have a mental edge. But the cats, are they've got veterans all over the place. They've been finishing top four since, well, since we were in high school. Um, <laughs> That's a fact. Like... Uh, this winning or losing this game had no impact on the Cats in terms of mentally. Um, obviously, it impacts they have to go to Adelaide and play Port, which is probably less than ideal. But uh, for Melbourne, it was such a big deal. Such a big deal. I, I worry for the supporters, who have clearly made it pretty clear it was such a big deal to win this. Do, do the supporters <laughs> feel like that's enough? Like, oh, we finished on top. It's amazing. We kicked the goal after the siren. How good is this? Do they realise they've got to win three finals at least? Well, well, take it from a supporter base that often has that mindset. They they probably have indulged, but I actually think with the D's fans, it's more they don't want to say we're a chance out loud because there'll be some sort of jinx on what they say and it won't happen. I mean, I think it's in the... They won't allow themselves to think that far ahead. If I'm if the D's fans that I know, and geez, they let you know when they're going well. They are shocking at that, one of the worst. But look, when it comes to going deep in September, I think they do bite their tongue for fear of it coming back to bite them. So, um, are you referring to when they sent out how to get the finals tickets and missed the eight, or? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, little things like that. I mean, I think it's it's like a, a cauldron. You can't quite put the lid on. Um, it, it just blows off that lid. So, uh, Let's give them a grade, Tom. Let's give them a grade. Yeah, we know a lot of D's fans, so write in uh, D's fans and, and tell us what you think. Uh, look, oh, 
it's a HD for Melbourne. You've got to give them that to come back, claim top spot, HD all round. Um, look, I don't want to fail the Cats because I, I think gonna, they played some good footy. So you're going to coordinate um, them for a second. No, no, no. I've given the Cats the correct grade every week this year. Uh, oh, look, it's hard to pass them in a loss, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to pass the Cats. All right. <laughs> so only, look, fail. the kick after the siren away from from you know, a, you know, a famous win down there for them. Um, so look, you can't fail them for that. Um, they did everything except win. They were winning when the siren went. So yeah. they can have a so pass from. I'm me. actually double passing, on that basis. Um, True. There's so much luck. There's such a big element of luck to kick a goal after the siren to win that Melbourne's performance didn't necessarily have me go. Wow. We said they were going to win. And they did, just, at the very last moment. Um, and finish top, finish on top. They get a home final in Tassie, hosting the Lions, and, and we'll see what happens next week. But not more than a pass from me, Tom. Might be harsh. Might be harsh. <laughs> no, nah, I'm trying look, to... I think it is a little bit. But we haven't agreed on many this, uh, this round. So that just says it was a good round. There's a lot of uh, opinions flying around. Uh, it saddens me to leave that Saturday because it was a hell of a Saturday. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get to the Saints Ferro game. Basically, the round, uh, I mean, the rest of the round post this Saints game was a fizzer. There's no doubt about that. Um, down in Tassie, we haven't played the Dockers down in Tassie since Siren the Siren Gate. went and Baker kicked a little point. Um, I actually went back into the archives and just had a look at that moment. We we would have finished third if uh, that draw stood at the end of the year. We ended up finishing, I think, sixth and playing the Ds in an elimination and getting done. Uh, it would have been handy in 06 to finish third. Anyway, uh, in this one, so, look, what, for the Saints... Should we send a letter? Like, do you want to give a grade or do you want to talk about where you should have done an 06? Uh, no, nah, look, I'll get into it grade-wise. I have to give a shout-out before I give a grade. Cooper Sharman, he's come out of or Cooper Starman, as, as some have said on uh, Twitter and Saints fans alike. Uh, he had an absolute blinder. He has football smarts, uh, great great hands, and, and great positioning. So to pull him out of the pre uh, the mid-season draft, dare I say he's probably the best recruit of any team, uh, sorry, best recruit that any team did out of that mid-season draft. He looks one to watch. Uh, he kicked four. Um, was unbelievable. Um, Frio, yeah, hugely disappointing. They can go to the coordinator for this one. They had a spot in the eight. You know, I mean, the Bombers, as we know, took it. But season on the line, season still alive if you win. And they dish that up, a 10-goal loss to a team whose season was done. That is appalling. So, uh, yeah, you, you've got to give them a coordinator. And the Saints can have a distinction, 10-goal win. Gets the finals aspirant. You've got to love that. So, distinction and coordinator for me. Yep. I'm, I'm happy with those grades. Uh, I just want to ask you one question. Do you think Adam Chera didn't play because Fremantle knew he was asking for a trade? Oh, now I definitely do. Yeah. I, I'm on the fence because they had to win this game to make the eight. And why would you Why would you have the fact that he wants to leave jeopardise your chances for playing in the eight? But... We don't like it in the AFL world when players nah. want to leave. Oh, geez, it ruffles some feathers. Scotty Pendlebury found out all about it on Sunday afternoon. Um, let's let's get into the Essendon Collingwood game. There's not a whole lot to dissect. Let's be real. Collingwood have ended up finishing seventeenth and have <laughs> picked. Well, they would have had picked two, but they traded it, so uh, that was well done. Um, Essendon, pretty professional in a lot of ways. 
Well, won by what's that, 38 points. Yeah, kept their spot in the eight, nice and secure. Even though they, I think they had to lose by about 250 to yeah, drop out. It, it was which, large, yeah. Uh, pretty, pretty big. Um, they they've just played themselves into form. The Bombers started two and six, come home with a wet sail. What's that? Nine and five in the back 14 rounds. Correct. Look, I'm guilty as as many. I mean, I was thinking, you know, it was it was, you know, back at the start of the year. I mean, this was a, a bottom four team. We both said that. Yep, we did. Uh, glorified VFL team. I think we might have sunk the boots in and said. They're your words, not mine. <laughs> at the time, I, I thought it was right, but they, they've just found a way to just, I guess, the, the improvement out of their midfield's been out of sight. I don't think we saw that coming from Parrish. Um, I mean, event, you know, they've been able to get something out of Peter Wright, Laverty down back. I mean, Draper in the ruck. He, he was a no-name when I think the Saints were targeting him a couple of years back, and now he's, you know, leading the charge there. You, you've got to love the improvement. They've probably arrived ahead of schedule to finish top eight this season, to be honest, but if you're a Bombers fan, you're loving it. And now that they hold the longest finals losing drought in the history of our sport, they've got a chance to break it this weekend. So, well done, Bombers. Uh, in this game, you've got to give... Look, Bombers a pass, and, and the Pies, yeah, just listless, I think. I'm going to give them one last coordinator on their way out. Yep, I'm, I'm actually going to give the Bombers a distinction for just... I, I reckon they were on. Um, and played really well. Could have put their focus to the next week and let this slip. And while they still would have played finals... You would have gone in with losing form, uh, but that was was a good performance. And yeah, Collingwood, oh, it's a fail, isn't it? Didn't really expect them to win this. I talked it up, but I didn't really expect it. I don't think. Um, Wishing it into existence. I so did try. We should now. Yeah, my all-up multi of Collingwood, Fremantle North did not pan out on uh, on Sunday. I can tell you that. Oh no. Yeah, well, so now did you want to get in and talk about the uh, the finals aspirants, uh, the games we've got ahead this round? You wanted to skip 17th versus 18th? Oh, jeez, there was another game this week. I, I mean, most of us are probably guilty of turning the TV off after this Don's Collingwood. Is, that's that's 2021 home and away done. Sorry, Seb, there was one more game, wasn't there? Yeah, there was. Sorry, I, had, I had to do that. I've been, I was sitting on that. I'm like, I'm going to do this off the top, so yeah. All right, so... <laughs> We've I pop the bubble on the momentum. Ah, let, let's power through. Now, so winning chance coming in, but in the cold hard light of day, travelling on the day over to Adelaide and the long year probably just bit the ruse in the end. To be fair, yeah, those are two factors. And look, we lacked. I've been critical of him in Jack Zebel, but down back we seem to lack some leadership. Um, and without Zebel <laughs> and Cunnington, we just really lacked a lot of. A lot of the older, bigger bodies. We had moments, but certainly weren't good enough for Adelaide, who sort of geared up for this game to send off McKay and um, Tommy Lynch, and obviously Talia was in the stands. Uh, well under the Crows. Um, good win against the bottom side. Not so sure about your handling of uh, former captains, but uh, that's not what this year's about. Uh, you give the Crows a distinction or a pass in that region. Probably a distinction. Oh, I thought we were, I thought North were going to win, so I better give them a distinction. They've won by five goals, fourteen, which is um, if they kick straight, it would have been huge. Yeah, so it could have been. Yeah, no, uh, that that's probably. I'm with you. North, that's that, a yeah, that's a domination. North, it's a fail on the road, but oh, it is what it is. 
you know, at um, the time it was 17th playing 18th. So didn't expect yeah, everyone to tune you. in, Tom, but uh, it's all right. I'll no. keep that one up the sleeve. Question for you here, just one last one. Adelaide win this. They've actually jumped up to 15th, which, you know, obviously winning's what we want to do, but they've just dropped a couple of rungs in the draft order. So, look, the proof will be in the picks that they make, but uh, just, just one there for the, I guess, the the anti-tankers in that the Crows didn't care. Winning culture is a good culture. Yeah. Uh, or winning is good. Nothing to do with culture. Just winning's good. Uh They've got the job done, and now, yeah, the Pies dropped to 17th and the Suns dropped to 16th. So, uh, yeah, interesting one there. Yeah, I mean, they effectively, they've got pick four, but that becomes pick six in the compromise yeah. draft. So, oh, look, it's losing a lot of draft capital, but then it's not. It's You still get a quality kid in that range, typically. So, as long as you nail your pick, you get a quality kid and you move on. One player can't make a footy club. But, well, yeah, sorry, well, I mean, that's what Carlton are trying to do. We've got Weedering, <laughs> we've got Sammy Walsh. We don't really need too much else. And, well, you can see where they're at. Uh, that's right. And, I mean, they've got the Suns and the Pies picking ahead of them. And the way those two footy clubs are being run at the moment, you, you wouldn't fancy that they'd be making great decisions given their past record. But we'll, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, well, we will. We've got the Giants picking ahead of them, Tom. The Pies do not have their no, pick. Sorry, yeah, the Pies. The, the Pies I will get. The Pies that. will get Dacos, but yeah. um, do not have the pick. So the Giants and the Suns picks two and three. Who yeah, would wow. have, you know? What's new? Another draft with those two getting the top picks. Uh, yeah, North's first wooden spoon again since '72. Yeah, a long time between drinks, yeah, but three years later look, we I won think... a flag, so we're not worried, Tom. We're not worried. <laughs> nice little setup to that one. Again this week. No, look, Jason Horn will make a nice addition. Uh, yeah, Horn. What's his name? Horn Francis or something? He's changed it. Oh, I did. I didn't yeah, see he's, that. He's, uh, he's hyphenated his name. I, look, it, it worries me because, like, I want him to worry about football, not what his name is. But uh, <laughs> it's not like the days we have to sign your name on the team sheet. They generally come printed out. So um, yeah, yeah, that's all right. That's all right. We'll do. We'll do all right. We, we're we're going places. It's not about North. I didn't really want to talk about North much. Um, nah, fair. It's a Saint show. Uh, Port Adelaide hosting Geelong Friday night. Let's just give us some yeah, thoughts. Yeah, this Tom. is what it's about we'll now, through isn't these it? four. Uh, the first time we've had a Sunday final in a while. Uh, but Port are hosting Geelong. Geelong are effectively planning as a club to go into a hard lockdown for the next sort of five weeks on the back of we're going to play lots of finals and hopefully win the flag. Um, so they're in hard quarantine right now. Uh, I believe they've just told... Uh, some recruiters that they will not be on the flight to Adelaide. Yeah, there you go. So, hard, hard lockdown. Because what, what I'm hearing is this week, obviously, we've got the games ahead of us. The teams that make the prelim, they're, they're going to dash off and, and try and sort themselves out, get to Perth. The semis might actually stay down in uh, Tassie, uh, will be the way they're won and done. So, this is sort of the almost the swan song of uh, South Australian finals this year. Uh, I think at the moment they can sneak in maybe 15,000. I could be wrong on that. Uh, it changes every day. But um, look, 15,000 Port Adelaide fans will sound like a lot more on this Friday night. And, and look, they've, power at home. they've already got the tarps from previous games. So they'll be able to make it look like it's full. 
<laughs> one day they'll make a heritage something about that Port Adelaide. That's just how they roll. Um, I, I mean, you've got to love what Port Adelaide's done of late six in a row, but I think the Cats have steeled themselves for this one. They will not be scared of Port Adelaide in Adelaide one iota. No, well, last time they flew over there and played, uh, not played, you know, they were at the Adelaide Oval all day doing the quarantine and they belted them. Absolutely yeah. belted them. So they go in with no fear. Uh, we've said it about Port all year. They haven't really beaten anyone. Now they've beaten the dogs and, well, we'll just change. Just, we'll just shift the goalpost slightly and say, well, the dogs aren't travelling well. You haven't beaten anyone yet, Port. Um, <laughs> so you that's keep a, getting an out. That's a bit harsh. Look, Port have played some good footy. They've done enough. They've won enough games to finish top two. And we're, we're potting it deep in a lot of ways because they seem to have a back, a poor sort of six weeks after the bye. But the Ds were still winning enough games to be top four, top two. And I kept saying, look, they've still won the game. So I sort of got to give it to Port. I still tipped along in this with no hesitation. It'll be tight, it'll be close, but something just tells me everything Port have, Geelong have an answer for, and then some. Like Port have got an yeah. all Australian defender. Well, Geelong got two all Australian forwards. Port, yeah, that's Port have right. got the midfielders. So just... well, Geelong have kind of got danger in Selwood and Guthrie. Correct. Yeah. Duncan might be back. Um, you got Dixon. Well, they'll send Henry to him. Who else have they got? Well, they got Henderson. They've got. I mean, Tui. He might come back. They. I mean, the Cats backline. You know, they. It's just a, a carousel. They sort of all. I mean, with Tom Stewart at the centre, they all roll around onto each other's man uh, to you know affect the spoil or get the interception. So they're they're intelligent. They're they're not going to be scared. Whatever crowd there is, um, I guess we, we still just don't trust the power, do we? That, that's what it comes down to. That I mean, that they, they haven't steeled us in any way to just make us believe but the crazy things happen they do have the home ground advantage um i mean it's it always seems to be sort of redemption for the power like they've done something wrong in the past they're always trying to redempt it it might be that yo-yo sort of patch they had you know in late 2010s yeah it, it's just that belief's just not there for me so i'm with you i'm tipping the cats in this one yep yep it look it could go either way. Let's be clear on that. This is these top four games are going to be mouth watering. Uh, let's look at the second qualifying final. Brisbane taking on the D's down in Tassie. Does that does a Tassie give Melbourne an edge at all? Like, do Brisbane have to do two flights to get to Tassie? I think this one's actually at the Adelaide Oval. Yep. So Tassie won't affect anyone there. Uh, <laughs> a lot, lot of uh, fans for both clubs down there. I cannot, um, I cannot keep up. We're going to Tassie, we're going to Perth, we're not going to Perth, we should go to Perth and quarantine. It, it is bizarre and it will be bizarre to see this played at the Adelaide Oval. I'm, I mean, hopefully whatever the restrictions are crowd-wise, they fill it. Um, just, just to see a good quality game. I mean, Brizzy have timed their run to absolute perfection, but some of the Ds, I mean, the, you know, like you said, They've just kept banking wins and gotten into a position. And, and we've seen from the Ds, when it's a game that really matters, they really bring... They're, they're switched on. They bring their A game. They don't, they don't muck around. Not like, you know, when they played the Giants or played the Hawks and they just kind of, meh, a, a bit meh. They are fully switched on and they'll be ready to go. I mean, I think they've been waiting for finals basically since they were, what, nine and zip. Um, they match up well. Another side, I think, that matches well against their opponent. I think... 
you know, the D's back line, you sort of, we'll get to our Australian, as we've said later, but May and Lever, I mean, leading that charge and, and the smalls have got around them there. Salem, he's kicking. They're going to, I mean, the Lions forward line is dangerous. And I, I actually didn't realise this. They kicked the most points or had the most points for this year, the Lions. So they're the highest, they're the best attacking side, but the D's are the best defensive. And I think when that happens, you usually see the defensive get the job done. It's a little easier to stop a score than to get one. So um, in that way, I think that plays into the the, uh, the hands of the of the Ds. And, and I think, yeah, midfield-wise, two similar sort of bullish, big-bodied midfielders, it's almost sort of a cancelling out. So I think the X factors for the Ds up forward, if they can get uh, Brown, McDonald, Fritch, Pickett involved, that, that could be the difference here. So you like the Ds? I like the Ds. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm going to disagree. Uh, Ooh, strongly, that's, no, that's what we like strongly on this disagree show. here. So, hit me. Uh, I agree with your general theory of top defense versus top attacking team. You take the defense to win that. Generally, um, here's where I, I think it's skewed a little bit. Melbourne have struggled to kick scores this year against just in general. Now they're playing a good side in Brisbane. He'll be able to match them through the middle, I reckon. Uh, I think Brisbane have got the players to do it. Uh, if Brisbane didn't start out super, super slow, um, almost lost to almost lost to Collingwood, lost Sydney, lost Geelong, like they were just about on three on the canvas, yeah, yeah, and they had a real good run and have got themselves into this spot now. I think they've got some X factor. They've got Charlie Cameron up for Joey Danaher. They're guys that can really turn a game. I don't trust Melbourne's forwards. I've got to tell you, Ben Brown, I saw a lot of him. Don't trust yeah. him in a big game. <laughs> in this instance, he... Look. I'm with you there, Seb. I, I did notice when I... You know, the, the Melbourne games I've watched, but particularly on Saturday, and you, you would have seen this, but... This might be harsh, and I might, I'm might i coming legit from the 12th row, but I actually sort of think he lacks a bit of athleticism in that if it doesn't, yeah, as we've seen, come to him on a platter or he can't run and jump and reach it at the highest point. He's got the the turning circle's just not there. Um, you know, the, the forward line tackling, not there. Um, I mean, the big blokes don't get any smaller, so I, I'm not saying he, the bloke can't play. The bloke can kick a goal, and we've seen that, but... Yeah, that that does worry going into a final where you might need you know something extra, as you say that X factor. Yeah, so I'm just I'm not saying he won't play well and can't. I'm just saying I don't trust him in this environment. If it's not all set up for him, he's been a little bit found out over the last few years. And I have to, Tom. I have to give the coaching edge to Brisbane. <laughs> is this just another chance to give your mate simple another clip it could be that it could just be an honest thought from uh just a gut feeling but uh i love chrissy fagan i love what he's done um he's given north david noble who i love um i still question uh, i just overall question i question melbourne going forward and i question how they haven't actually figured out a way around that they haven't really kicked more than 80 points unless you count games against Adelaide, who are terrible, Gold Coast, who are witches' hats. 
Um, and then you have to go back into the, I think, the early rounds for them to really have, have kicked scores. And it hasn't been an issue for them because they've kept teams to not scoring. But you're still going to have to kick goals to win finals. And I just... Like Bailey Fritch, I'm just trying to bring it up here, Tom. He's had a good year. He's made the All-Australian squad. That's a good year. That's a good year by anyone's standards. He's kicked 47 goals. I just need to find his game log because he's kicked... How many kicked last weekend? Uh, we, I think seven? he kicked two or... Th- no, against the Crows, he kicked seven. He kicked yeah, seven so. against the Crows. He kicked six against North. That's 13 of his 49 against two sides. So... He's a little bit uh, Josh Bruce about it. Oh, he's very skewed. So he's kicked one against Geelong, two against the Dogs. I'm looking at the good sides. One against Port. Couldn't get one against the Bombers. Or Yeah, they're pretty stingy. Um, two against the Lions last time they met. Like, I just think it's a little bit skewed. Uh, I certainly don't have him, spoiler alert, I don't have him in an All-Australian side when that comes. So just a little spoiler, but... Uh, I'm taking like Brisbane that. to win this. It probably hurts Melbourne it's not at the G. It's at Adelaide Oval, neutral venue, despite the fact they've earned it. But here we are, COVID times. We've got to make a buck, so it's in Adelaide. So I'm taking the Lions yeah, in a close one. I lo- no, I like a little bit of disagreement. That's what it's about this time of year. That's what we want too. We've had years where you know the, the qualifyings are, are cut and dry and, and maybe the eliminations too. But genuinely, I mean... Yeah, you could argue, not toss of the coin, but the, these are going to go right under that uh, that sort of 15 line, if you like, your uh, tri-bet sort of style. Big week for Tasmania. So just before we get into the finals, the uh, the, the club presidents are going to vote on the uh, 19th licence next year. Not sure why they have to wait till next year. Might be give them time to put together the report, even though there's about 20 reports on Tassie footy. But they've had that announcement. Now they've got two finals. It's it's great if you're a Taswegian. Yeah, definitely. Um, we're trying to start to limit the length of these episodes because we end up just going on forever. So I don't want to get too deep on this license, but you do know they just paid someone to generate a report to see whether a team in Tasmania was viable. Like, yeah, what and, are we now meeting about? The... We didn't need the report. We knew people wanted it. We knew there was scope for it. Just have the meeting as to whether or not you want it. That report just delayed Correct. everything else. I don't want to go into it too much because, as I said, we're trying to keep these a bit more short and concise and we do have to pick an all-Australian team, which is pretty damn hard <laughs> given the quality of players this year. So we've got two elimination finals in Tassie. Gee, it's disappointing these two New South Wales teams have to play in Tassie and can't fill out the SCG, but that's where we're at I at know, uh, And it's going to be an absolute ripper. These two, you know, it's a genuine rivalry. There, there is, and you know, we've we've said it on this show many a time. That a rivalry is from just a hell of a lot of good quality games, not knowing who's going to win, and two supporter groups that just don't like each other. So this ticks all the boxes. They've built this one nicely, and and they're playing a final again. So they have met in the finals uh, before meeting again. Um, oh, this this one's tricky. I think. I mean, the worry for me with the Swans is how the youth handle it. A lot of kids, yes, they can rise to the occasion, but more than often, you know, it's. It, I mean, maybe in Tassie helps them. It's it, it you know twenty thousand instead of forty five. Uh, the Giants are going about it, yeah, a little bit like their twenty nineteen season in that they're not playing that sort of Ferrari football. They're actually playing something with a little bit of hard nose, a little hard nose edge to it. Um, 
and getting results. So, yeah, I'm really struggling to find a winner in this one. I think I think I, I, I'll go with Sydney just because I, I think they've got more X factor up forward in, in Buddy and Papley and and Heaney. That they've got more match winners, I think, than a than yeah. I guess that like I said, journeyman's sort of style that you get from the Giants. So just purely based on that factor, I'm going to go with the Swans. Yeah, look, it's pretty rare the team that finishes sixth has won 15 games on the year. Like that's, yeah, normally that's enough year to have the Swans. They've been unbelievable. In the four. And I mean, well, Brisbane are in the four, but just percentage. I'd, I'd have to stick with Sydney. I mean, on that, they've won three and a half games more than the Giants, which is a pretty big gap in a 22-game year. Uh you just you just trust the Swans a little bit more. The, like I mean, the Giants beat the D's and then rolled up and got rolled by who was it? Was it Adelaide? It was someone yeah. way down? It was like you just no. Well, they lost to the Suns. There's the, yeah. no doubt about that yeah. one. Yeah, um, it was the Suns. They beat the Cats. Uh, got handled by Port. Just got over the yeah. Bombers. Like they lost by twenty six points last time they played Sydney about a month ago. So. They're very up and down. Uh, lost, lost to the Hawks. That was the one I was trying to think yeah, of. Yeah, that was the one, um, yeah. So you can't trust them. In saying that, when Toby Green's back and firing, he can have a patch in the third quarter, kicking three goals, setting one up that turns a game. So uh, it's going to be exciting. Um, there's, there's players with X-Factor all over the ground. You've got Buddy at one end, Toby. Um, oh, yeah. You've got Whitfield, Luke Parker. Kennedy, uh, there's a little, little bit all over the place. Swans by about three goals for me, Tom. That's how I see it. Uh, don't don't mind that. I think yeah, they, they've um, I mean they've won a lot of games. You're right. It, the 15 is a hell of a lot of wins to finish six. So uh, on form, you'd say that. Look, we we did cover it off the top. The the dogs v the bombers, but uh, yeah, real chance for Essendon to break that long, long, long drought that they've got. Um, they are just, I mean, three weeks ago, the Dogs, top of the ladder. I don't think, I think they're the first team since sort of the, you know, 60 plus years that have lost, I mean, been top and lost their last three. So winning form's good form, particularly going into September. So they are desperately in need of a win. This might just be something that sparks them. And look, it's not without the realms of possibility. It's not, sorry, uh, what am I trying to say here? Not within the realms of possibility that they straighten up, but it is very hard to sort of turn that tap off once it's uh, all stripping. Well, right now it's a bit of a flood. So real chance for the Dons here. I think, yeah, like we saw, they, they match up well. And I think something that's gone uh, gone unnoticed is just that, that hunger the Bombers have. They've sort of, they're playing, you know, with nothing to lose. And that's probably the best attitude for them to play, uh, play with. So... I might actually go out on a limb here and tip the... Oh, no, I can't. I almost... I'm just pulling back up. I just couldn't. I, I mean, yeah, 11-11. I just think that... Nah, I've completely flipped, Seb. Mid-argument, I've flipped. I just think the jogs get the job done. It is hard to turn that form around, but you, you, you find something different in September. I just think they can't go out... I mean, you know, they got smashed by the Giants, embarrassed by the Saints. They can't do three in a row. So I do think that they'll straighten it up. Um backs against a wall but yeah it might just be my lack of faith in the in the Don's youth again youth it, it, it doesn't pan out well in September usually so th- there's my argument there what do you reckon yeah look the dogs have effectively got a free hit 
Say the dogs or the dons? Uh, dons. The dons. That's what I'm trying to say. They've got a free hit. No one expected them to get here. All right. Now, yes, there are some supporters who would have said we can make the finals, and that's fine. I'm just talking of a general sense. No one was like, oh, yep, they'll finish in the top eight. A lot of people had Carlton. A lot of people didn't have Carlton. It was a, yep, I think they will. No, no, they definitely can't. It was was none of that. It was, if it was anything, it was, oh, it's certainly going to be bottom four. You know, they've had... Yeah, um, 100%. They've had Danaher leave. They've had Saad leave. uh, They've had Fantasia leave. They've done the right thing. They've got picks six, seven, and eight. They're going to bring three kids in. It's still just going to be a lean year. And it's been everything. But it was a lean start, two and six. Not great. Not great. Um, And then they've just... I've said it many times ago, a wet sail. You still come into this and no one really thinks you're going to win. So let's just roll the dice and see if we can get one on the dogs. We beat them three weeks ago. Let's do it again. Uh, Jakey Stringer would be keen to get one against his old club again, knock him out of the finals. Um, yeah, that, that would play on his mind. And, and that's the kind of fuel that is great for him. He can yeah, use I think it. he had. Yeah. 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 So I'd still, you'd have to tip dogs in the sense of they've been the better side all year so why wouldn't they win this game they're looking a little lot very different to when they were the best side but you would still think they've got too much class through the midfield and Essendon are just not ready to win a final they've done well to get here it's been a hell of a ride and the Bombers fans will keep enjoying the ride till it ends but I'd still expect it to end on Sunday Nah, fair and well said. And yeah, like you say, a rare, a rare Sunday final. Don't don't mind the return of that slot. Uh, yeah, look, uh, well well said. We want to know your thoughts. Twelve rows back at gmail.com. Hit us on the Instagram. Get us a send us a, a mailbag. And I believe we've we've got one now actually set. Yeah, we do. We've had one sent in from uh, our favourite resident Blues fan. Uh, shout out to all the Blues fans out there listening. Uh, I know it's tough. Um, at the moment, the club uh, the club looks like it couldn't run 100 metres. They cannot run anything <laughs> at the moment. Uh, we're going to bring in Ross Lyon. No, we're not. We not, may not sack Teague now. It's all just pandering messages for uh, the outsiders. No one's actually saying what's going on. No one's doing the right thing. And uh, it amazes me that they're into Chera without actually deciding on who their coach is. One of their coach doesn't like Chera. doesn't think he's going to be useful. Yeah, or doesn't want to trade well, the draft capital that they've Boss got. Boss Lyon, who I hear didn't necessarily get along with Chera when they were there. What if, Tom? We're not here to debate what is. We're here to read the mailbag. So two parts, and I want you to answer the first part before I read the second. Where does Lance Franklin stand in the all-time greats? Oh, I, that's a good it's question because I was actually thinking about this. I think that's yep, easily that easily. Say he that. goes in as a hall. He's a Hall of Fame legend. That that's that's going to happen. Yep. Um, it, it's such an interesting one because I don't, I think I was just reading during the week we we you know we don't have the sort of I guess Jordan LeBron, Tom Brady we've got Wayne you know, Carey. Carey Matthews yeah but you know Matthews he gets thrown up there by a few of the older heads you know I'm not but he's not quite at that level but I think he has arguments to be. Oh, Oh, look, without thinking about who's in there, and the names probably stream out, he'd at least be top 20 of all time. Yep. Uh, it, look, it's a great exercise, and I'd love to do it AFL era. 
Uh, well, AFL era, I guess that's a different question. Are well, we, is, uh, that's, I, I personally I mean, yeah, rank the them thing very differently because we don't actually count anything done in all the other state leagues, but we do count the VFL, even though, yes, it was yeah, slightly true. higher level of competition for some parts of it, but still they're all semi-professional. So um, that baffles me, but that's, a, that's for another podcast, I think. Uh, if you line up every forward who played in the AFL era and you just counted their AFL era years, so obviously Lockett had a stack prior to 1990, where yep. would, would Buddy be picked in the first three? Yeah, even arguments, you, you, you take you take the big fella, number one. Yeah, yeah. You could mount. I the mean, case. 1990 onwards. We're talking. I mean, I know you know you sort of have you know Dunstall, Ablett, Lockett, Modra, all the great forwards. Oh, well, he's got um, Modra covered, like. Well, yeah, exactly. I'm just talking about the blokes in the 90s who just kicked an absolute stack of goals, but you know they also had some quality work in the 80s. So it, well, you know, let me Buddy put it this way: has his whole career in that time. And, Buddy's going to kick a thousand, we think, and like Lockett. Ablett and Dunstall all kicked a thousand, but those were days where you could kick a hundred goals in a season, and or if you yeah. had a bad season, you kick eighty, ninety. Frank Lance did it once, but good years now are sixty, and he's still going to get to the thousand goal mark. Imagine if he played yeah. then. How many would he kicked? Fifteen hundred. Oh, that's it. And the thing is, he he is one of the best match winners we've seen. Like, he can win a game legit off... He could have three kicks. It could be three bombs from 50 and he gets the job done. He is a match winner through and through. Yeah, and he's... Um, which puts him up there, you know, just in general players in the AFL era. So you've got to have him up there. Forwards, yeah. I mean, he's doing things that we haven't seen. Yeah, so... Or he's done things we haven't seen. Given his size and his pace, and he's just... He's got everything. His contested marking leaves something to be desired from a key forward, and that is nitpicking, but you have to when you're talking about the best of the best. I just... If he played in the early 90s, he'd be kicking 10, 15s. Like, he's that... He's that... He's that good. Well, and <laughs> He would have had that much room in that era as well. Can you imagine just the space they would have built around him in a forward line Yeah, uh, for him to run into or get his arc? You no know? doubt. So, I have him as a top three... I have him as the top two forward in the AFL era. Like him and Carey, and then... <laughs> yeah, you're running off Carey's hang on, contested hang on, hang on. mark stats from the late 90s. Is that is that what gets him up well, there? Was there a player who's taken more in a single game? <laughs> Were they more taking stats back then? Look, Tom, you've mentioned the Saints in 06 on this podcast. And I cannot tell you that has very little relevance to what we've been talking about. But this question is, where does Buddy rank? And as a forward, he ranks there with Wayne Carey. Doesn't matter what club Carey played for. It's all relevant. I don't think they're... What? Ablett, Judd, Harvey. There aren't many mids who go up there. And you wouldn't waste your time with a defender because everyone can play down back. So... <laughs> if you're going to pick the first player you pick, no, no, like, you're not going to pick a defender. No, yeah, you you don't build a side usually around a defender. Um, yeah, he sits comfortably there. I mean, the the classic argument is, I mean, if you're building a side, you know, mids can also be a dime a dozen. There's a heap of mids. So getting an unbelievable generational forward's probably top of your list. So look, on that criteria, you've got to put him number one, don't you? 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I'm saying him or Carey in the AFL era. Like, I've been pretty clear on that. <laughs> I'd have Carey ahead of him. Look, you you, you saw more. Look, no, I'm, I'm not potting the career of Wayne Carey. I guess. No, oh, I mean, we when when did Carey debut? Did we get his whole career in well, the uh, '89? So. 89, oh, okay. No, well, that, look, that's a fair argument. That's basically all of Kerry's career. So, look, I'll, I'll give him the number two spot if you if it makes I, you comfortable. You, no, you can debate one and two. I'm happy to debate. I'm saying it's not clearly number one. It's yeah, very, but th- very this hard is a, to do a, it. We can do a whole it podcast great question. on this. So Real it's a great question. question. I want to get to his second question. This will probably be his main question, but the other one. I want to ask his second. Scandals aside, was James Hurd actually a good coach? And would he be worth all the drama to have him coach Carlton? I think he's the sort of player Sam Walsh should look to to become even better. Yeah, that is a that is a, loaded is a real loaded left field question. Um, can Hurdy coach? I mean, he did get the Dons to finals, so you, you you give him that. And and was it a great Dons list? I think you know probably their their best player of that era was Joe Watson and, and his Brownlow. You can't see my quotation marks, listeners, but trust me, they're there. Um, so, I mean, he got them to finals with probably what is a slightly above average list. So on, on that front, I guess, um, you know, he, he was building. I mean, that was the thing. The, the, the trajectory was up. Uh, I mean, we did see probably the... I I was going to say, he didn't have six years and then have everything else happen. Like, we didn't really see much of what he could do. Um, The real interesting part of this would be Carlton hiring an ex-Essendon champion because I've actually looked back at this and I think it's really true. I don't know if Carlton really wanted Saad, but they wanted to take Saad off Essendon. I really reckon that was part of why they were happy to pay Saad so much and pay overs to get him out of Essendon because they thought it was going to hurt him. I really yeah, see, reckon it, there was some motivation there. and that <laughs> That is the thinking that we've potted the Blues for constantly on this show. I mean, that, that would have flown in the 80s, but like I said, I think I said a couple months back, make a modern decision, Carlton. Um, don't know if this is a modern decision, though, to bring back Hurdy. I think... Uh, yeah, he, he's been out of the game, I think, for a fair while. The, the, this is, I mean, the media storm and show would be so big a distraction, it would almost make this whole thing implode. So that's probably why you can't do it. If that wasn't a thing, putting it to the side, uh, he has been out of the game, hasn't sort of been even in the media. So, yeah, where uh, footy moves so quick, um, where where is he at? Um, and in saying that, I mean, I think Hurdy's backed himself into a corner. You couldn't see him being assistant coach anywhere first, would you? No, His main no. job or nothing. So um, I, I, I don't think, know. I, don't I think know. with the way it all went for him, and you can have your own views on everything else that happened, but the way the AFL handled it, I don't think any Essendon people feel great about it, and I don't think Hurdy's ever going to be that keen to come back to the game um, that he once yeah, loved. That's and it, it. It's sad, but that, well, look extenuating circumstances in, in what was happening there. It was pretty unprecedented at the time. Uh, so it, two good questions, Tom. Two great questions. Great questions really for the mailbag. That. So mailbag's pretty open. Send them in as we get deeper through the final series. There ain't a whole lot of other stuff to talk about other than who we think is going to win <laughs> and how many Correct. Uh, Saints and Ruse references we can throw in. So maybe flick a mailbag through if, you, you know, if you're listening on your drive home. Uh, I think there's an individual who is still... I 
still yet to send one in. I keep telling him, just just pull over. Just stop whatever you're doing. You, you, are, you are allowed to pull over in these current restrictions. Just pull over. Tell them you're writing a 12 rows back question. If you get any heat, I'm sure they'll be fine. Send it through. We want to hear what you've got to say. Um, it, it's about that time of the year, Seb, where you know 10 teams are done. And that means a little rumour mill starts to just churn up nicely as we build towards trade period. And, and we don't mind that. So we've got a couple of little juicy little crumbs early uh, as we build to, to the larger feast later in the year. Uh, what, what have you got for well, us? Well, the big one is is not a, a rumour as such, but Adam Chera has asked for a trade out of Fremantle back to Melbourne. Uh, the understanding at the moment is based on the price he wants, the price Freo will want for he's a top five draft pick. Uh, Carlton are the only team with a cap space and the potential draft capital to make a move. Uh, I I don't know what's going to happen. I wouldn't be chasing him hard for big money and giving up a draft pick if I were Carlton. Um, well, yeah, I, I mean, I've been hearing sort of two first rounders, which might be at the well, higher end of the scale. But the first three, I mean, Freo have shown, yeah, yeah Freo can play hardball. The first three years of a player are where you get the least out of them. And if you've given up pick five, you want more than just to get another pick five back to develop for um, another three years. And you can no team exemplifies that more than the Gold Coast Suns, who are. Uh, you know, are they a football club or just a second division team where players go to develop? Like, they're doing all the hard yards <laughs> and then they come style. out for success. So, I'm, I find that one really fascinating. I just said if I were Carlton, I wouldn't do it. I'm not Carlton and knowing Carlton, they will go out and try and get him. That's that's their MO. Go and get the big fish and, and play him in, you know, they'll probably play him on a half forward flank or something out of position. <laughs> uh Look, Carlton will go after him, I've got no doubt. And if he if he wants out, he'll get out. But the price he's put on his head, you know, you've got to pay him X and give up a first rounder and what, maybe a second rounder or two first rounders. It's a lot for a player Look, who, at least that. As, are you paying it based on what he's accomplished or what he will? I guess that's the question. You've got to work out what he will accomplish for your side. If he's going to play 200 games, win three best and fairest, he might be worth the two first rounders. But if he's going to be a good but not great player might have to look at something else but that's that's a watch the new phrase now money ball's yeah. a big thing but watch this space is the new phrase watch this now if you can tell me what <laughs> that like space that we're watching is and what I think what they mean is just keep clicking on my Twitter account or website till I update it and that's the space you watch I cannot work out that term Tom that is classic Tom Brown, I think, that one. Uh, it, it's also, yeah, just a way to say I don't have anything else to say, but, yeah, stick with me. Um, yeah, it looked really interesting on that one for Chera. I think it's an interesting one because he has shown some absolute class yeah. over the journey. And, like, if, if you had him, you know, he is tracking as as you would like out of a young, a young midfielder. Um, you know, he's had highs and he's had lows, so... Um, you know, from what you expose form, you enjoy it knowing the potential you're expecting. But, I mean, yeah, development and, and the team you're on and the players you're around play an impact there. So, um, yeah, it's one way up for the Blues. But, yeah, I think I'm with you. That one's definitely happening. Um, I've got some mail that the, the Lions might be uh, after Jack Gunston, which uh, wouldn't be uh, the worst move for them. I, I guess Hip would probably... We won't see him even till late next year. Uh, so he could really fill a forward role 
in an already stacked forward role. I think you'd probably take Gunson playing up there over a, a McStay or a Gardner. No offence there. Um, he could be a real nice pickup for them. Yeah, is Chrissy Fagan just going to keep taking all these ex-Hawks at the twilight of their careers <laughs> just to keep the experience around? I don't know if I would if I were Brisbane. Well, does he get a game in their best 22? Oh, well, he probably does. So Chera would get a game. Like, oh, yeah, true. Uh, he, I, Different I, price. I know he wants to go to Melbourne, but um, or play in Victoria. I'm just saying, just because he's in your best 22 doesn't mean you necessarily want to go out and get these guys in their twilight because often they hang around that year too long, I think. Um, Grant Virtual's borderline at the minute. Um, yeah, that's fair. But no, it look interesting. Interesting... Interesting sort of move for Gunston to get out of Hawthorne, but how's that, Sam Mitchell? Yeah, I'm coach Jack. I know we played in a few flags together, but uh, <laughs> you're off done. To Brisbane, it'd probably be more initiated by Gunston, I think, in that whole. Look, here's a chance to go on there. They'll give you a longer deal than we will. Blah 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 blah. Let's yeah. let's work it on for yeah. all parties. Uh, this one's really interesting, Tom. Uh, Luke Parker is yet to agree on terms with the Swans. Now, he's captain, but he wants yeah, this is big. seven seven fifty plus, and they ain't got the money. What? They ain't got the money at the minute. They're obviously not allowed to restructure Buddy's contract, but that's nearing the end. Uh, but just in terms of they've got all these kids, they want to restructure and get on their next deals and stuff like that, and they're thought to be a fair way apart on terms at the minute. Yeah, wow. I know a few years ago he was, you know, sort of courted by a few clubs, Parker. But, I mean, he, he look, he's not in that prime, but he is. He, I don't think the Swans would want to lose him because he, he is at the coalface doing the real hard stuff. You know, he, he's a real experienced hard body in that midfield. You really open yourself up. I know the kids are coming through, but, you know... Probably not yet. So, yeah, it's a real real pickle for the Swans. And, and that, I mean, that salary cap's always usually uh, full right to the brim uh, for the Swans. So, yeah, look, I'm not going to put it past them for a little bit of gymnastics there and getting the job done. But, geez, that, uh, that'd be an interesting one. He, he would add a lot to any club, really, uh, I think. He, he, he could... Yeah, he's that sort of player that just brings a lot of leadership and everything. Uh, on, yeah. on top of his football well, he... ability would just... Yeah, you'd be able to send him like to a Gold Coast and just say, just watch him, just follow him, do what he does, and it'd turn a lot of heads at the club. Um, they're just a few little interesting, interesting little rumors. Have you got anything else for us, Tom? Uh, no, that that might be uh, it for now. Uh, but we'll keep it posted. We'll keep tabs on the uh, the industry and what comes through, and and we'll give it to our, our loyal listeners as we yeah build towards trade week and. And uh, the off season. Yep, it's uh, it's a very fun time of year, especially if you've missed out on the uh, on the eight, and you need you need a bit of new injection of youth or or fresh blood in terms of uh, getting back into contention. So we'll certainly be watching it very closely. That is it for this week, Tom. Four finals, four finals to come. They're huge. Like. You can write your spot in a preliminary final if you just win one game this weekend. If you that, lose, you could go out straight sets and be on the verge of getting the axe. Who knows what's going to happen? Exactly, and that that is the intriguing week. This is this is the week. I mean, 
you, it, we're going to get the finals off. It, it's going to be amazing. Uh, I'll tell you what else is huge, though, Seb. Coming up later this week, you and I are going to do the first official 12 rows back All-Australian team. I cannot wait for that. A finals week special. That's going to be one to listen to as we uh, put together our team of the year. That's it. Stay tuned, listeners. Uh, thanks for your support. Please remember, like us on Instagram, give us a review on iTunes, all that sort of great stuff. Uh, enjoy your week. Enjoy the footy. We'll talk. Cool.